Father Lord, I really thank you for this time. I thank you, Father God, for the word that you spoke to me to share today. I thank you, Father God, for the purposes that you have intended it for, Father God, for our hearts to be open to receive you and draw closer to you, Father God, and to perform, Lord, the things that you're speaking to us about. Lord, as I share, I pray, oh God, that hearts will be ministered to you, Father God. You will speak through me, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Speak to us as um, adults, speak to the children, speak to our youth, oh God. May every ear be open and attentive, Father God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I've entitled the word, There is a Price. Are you willing to pay the price? This, when I got this word, I thought to myself, Lord, this is something that I even struggle with myself. You know, the Lord speaks to you and then you know what you need to do. But it's just like, oh, Lord, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Am I able to do what you're asking me to do? Because a lot of the time when God speaks to us, there's a price to pay. Whether it's a time sacrifice, whether it's finances, it's financial, there is a price to pay. And we normally have to pay that price, um, you know. And I was thinking that even when somebody wants to be a professional um, sports person, there's a price that they have to pay, you know. They sacrifice their time in the practice that they go through. They sacrifice in the foods that they eat because certain foods they cannot eat because it will cause them to feel a certain way. So there is a price, you know, and sometimes it's a lonely time because when their friends are all going out, they have to go to bed early. They have to go to practice. So there is a price that they have to pay. Even um, I thought about being a doctor as well. There's a price to pay being a doctor. You know, first of all, isn't it seven years before you graduate being a doctor? In those seven years, you are literally hard at work studying. You know, some of your friends, because they're doing a three-year degree, and it's maybe not as um, strenuous as being a doctor, they can go out when they want. But you have to stay in. You have to learn those key terms, those scientific key... Oh, sorry, I thought the worship team was still there. I was about to say, you can go. <laughs> um, you have to learn those scientific terms because it's long, and sometimes your brain is not taking it in. So you have to stay in. And when you go on placements as well, those long 12-hour shifts, it's long, you know, and sleep deprivation. But there is a price to pay. But at the end of that, the reward is greater than the price you've had to pay. So whatever we have to do, the price we have to pay, there is a reward. But as we're going through that journey, it's like, oh, goodness sake, this is long. This is long. But... Just know that there is a price to pay. I actually remember when um, I was, I had my children, when my children were very young. And <laughs> they were very young. And it was, obviously, Mecca was going out to work. It was me at home with them. And I had to, um, I was the only one at home, so I was doing everything, the from the bath in to breakfast to lunch. And sometimes I know I've spoken about this to some people that I found that the gap between breakfast and lunch was so short. You literally move around two seconds. You're doing this, doing that. It's lunch already. 
because someone's crying, they, they want food, you forgot it, oh my goodness, it's lunch, you know, and it was a lonely time at times, because you just think on your, you're, you're in this all on your own, you know, but having a family sometimes, <laughs> there's a price to pay, because you don't have the freedom that you once had, you know, Nena's shaking her head, mm -hmm. she knows, because she's been there, you don't have that freedom compared to when you were single. You can get up and go. You know, somebody says to you, oh, there's something happening here. Yeah, I want to go. You go straight. When you have young children, you have to think, oh, who's going to babysit? Who's going to look after me? Nobody wants to. Your mum or dad, they live in Timbuktu. How far away? So it's like, how are you going to go? No, sorry, I can't go. <gasps> okay. There's a price to pay in a lot of things that we do. But we thank God. Jesus has paid the price for us. He is our example. He saw what he had to do, and he paid the price. It wasn't always easy for him. It certainly wasn't always easy. And we see in Luke, let me get to, we see that in Luke um, 22, from verse 41 to 42. That's Luke chapter 22, from verse 41 to 22. 42. He doubted whether or not he should do it because he saw what he had to go through. Luke 22, 41 to 42 says, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. The same way Jesus doubted whether or not he could go through this. We can have those same feelings, but it doesn't mean that we don't go through it because we know that there's a reward. Blessing his kingdom, blessing others. We know that there's a reward. When Pastor Joseph started this church, I believe it's in the kitchen of someone's house, there was a price for him to pay because it took time. It took energy, you know? He had a young family as, as well, and that impacts on them. But because of the price he paid, we now have how many different churches? We can have fellowship together, you know, as Christian Life Fellowship. Jesus did that for us when he paid the price for our sins to be forgiven. And we can do the same thing as God is speaking to us. The different things that he's speaking to us to do. We can do the same thing. We can think about the things he's telling us to do. Which, is, which will eventually benefit others. It's a reward for others. When I moved here to Medway 10 years ago now. In fact, when we were moving, I was thinking... Okay, we're moving to Medway. It wasn't a place we wanted to move to. We're moving to Medway. Okay. But when I got here, the Lord spoke to me that we're here for a reason. We're here for a reason, myself and Mecca. And it was to do work in his community. Now, for the last 10 years, I've, you know, I've spoken to the Lord. How exactly do you, what do you want me to do? How exactly do you want me to go about this? But I believe that He's been preparing me. Schools that I've been working in, 
you know, he's and the kind of work I've been doing, he's been preparing me to work with the community. Um, he's yeah, he's been preparing me to work with the community, but <laughs> it will impact on my time. Am I willing to do it? Do I have a choice? The Lord has spoken, and that's the other thing when the Lord speaks to us. It's your obedience he needs because when he speaks to you to do something, are you going to obey? Or are you not going to obey? Are you going to look to say, Lord, I don't know if I can do that because it's too much. How am I supposed to do all these questions? What, when, how, where are going through your head? But the Lord, as he has spoken to you, he will make a way. He will make provision. All he needs is our hearts. All he needs is for us to be obedient to what he wants us to do. You know, what he wants us to do. He, we just need to make ourselves available. Jesus paid the price for us. And as a result, we can enjoy the benefits of his sacrifice. And I'm just going to go through some benefits that I've got down here. The benefits of Jesus' sacrifice that he made for us. The first one is Jesus sacrificed. Jesus' sacrifice showed us God's love. We know that that famous scripture, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe him will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. And we really thank God. The sacrifice of our father shows his heart, shows how much he loves us. If you ever doubt how much Jesus loves you, how much God loves you, think about Jesus' sacrifice. Would you sacrifice your child? I know I wouldn't sacrifice my child. I certainly wouldn't. So it's a case of that we see his love through the sacrifice he has made for us. And we are thankful because we can sit back and enjoy what he has done for us. 1 John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. God loves us despite the wrong attitudes that we have, despite how horrible we can be. Because sometimes our hearts can be really horrible. No one sees what goes in your heart. No one sees only what we speak, but only God knows what goes in your heart. The things that you think, you know, the things that you think. Somebody's doing something. They're, they're saying something to you and the things that you're thinking, oh my goodness, if only. But you're not saying them. But God still loves us. He first loved us. And all we need to do is just come before him and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for I have sinned. And he does. He does because he loves us. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to commune with us. He wants us close to him. And we are really thankful you know, as people, are we like that? Somebody does something to us, hmm, okay. We're very cautious of them, you know? Our love is conditional. It really is conditional. God's love is unconditional. That's why it's called agape love. It's unconditional. But he wants us to love people like that. You know, he wants us to love people like that. Another benefit of Jesus' sacrifice is that it shows God's great mercy and his grace. His great mercy and his grace. You know, sometimes when we're home and one of my children, they've done something. Well, one of the boys normally, they'll say to me, Mom, 
can you not show grace? Show grace. And I'm like, hmm. Yes, I always show you grace, but this time when I'm not showing you grace, you know, that punishment, you're going to have it. But God's not like that. His grace is there for us. His mercy is there for us. Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. And this is what sometimes I'm like, Lord, you are so merciful Somebody can murder somebody, somebody else. But they come to God, Lord, forgive me. And they're really remorseful about what they've done. And God forgives them. The human eye will look and think, no way. You have killed that person that I love. How can I forgive you? But God is not like that. He's merciful and he shows us grace. Because the scripture says, why were we still sinners? Christ died for us. He died for you and he died for me. We are so thankful. We are so thankful. Another benefit is that it shows our eternal security in our God. It's an, it definitely is an eternal security because he's died. One, one death, that's all, one death. But it's there for us, always. It's a firm security for us. Hebrews 9 verse 12 says, He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. As we know, the sacrifices in the Old Testament was sacrificing animals. And it was something that was done repetitively every year to get rid of our sins. But in the New Testament, Jesus has come and he's died for our sins once and for all. We have an internal security in Christ. And we are so grateful. We just need to acknowledge that he's there for us and just give our hearts to him. Jesus' sacrifice as well shows an example of his humility. How humble he was as a man when he came down on this earth. Philippians 2 verse 6 to 8. Who though he was in the form of man, so in the form of God, not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He had divine powers, but he came down as man for us, he humbled himself. You know, sometimes <laughs> when we do certain things, rather than showing humility, you know, our shoulders go up, our back goes up, when really we should just be humble. Jesus has come and died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven. He paid the price. He made that sacrifice for us. If Jesus can humble himself, who are we? Who are we? not to humble ourselves and obey the Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. His sacrifice also purifies us. The moment he shed, his blood was shed at Calvary. The moment his blood was shed at Calvary, our sins were forgiven. We were purified from all unrighteousness. Hebrews 9, 14 says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The sacrifice of Jesus, it consecrates us because it separates us from sin, separates us of all unrighteousness. We are now one with God. It purifies us, makes us whiter than snow, as the scripture says. We just need to repent. And this is what the sacrifice of Jesus has done. Another benefit is that the sacrifice pays the price for our freedom. It's amazing how, as unbelievers, we think that we're free. But people who are believers, they're not free because they have to follow certain regime. They have to do certain things, so they're not free. But as unbelievers, you feel that you're free because you can do whatever you want. But that's the irony. As unbelievers, you're not free. You don't have freedom. Yes, it looks like, that's why the Bible says that when you go through the, now there's a narrow road and there's a wide road. Some people think, oh, the wide road, you know, it's too tight. It restrains you. But the wide road, yeah, you can do whatever you want down the wide road. But that's the irony. The wide road doesn't bring you freedom at all. Whilst the narrow road brings you freedom. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As when we are Christians, we give our hearts to the Lord. We experience freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Because our sins have been literally taken. I remember when I, um, when I gave my heart to the Lord. Um, <laughs> I reluctantly gave my heart to the Lord. And I say reluctantly because... Um, the church that I was going to, when it's the altar call, they would come and speak to you. And I knew there was a guy that I knew and I didn't know. Well, I knew the guy and then I was introduced to his wife. And the wife always used to come up to me and, would you like to give your heart to the Lord? No, not this week. Um, I was one of those people, when I was younger, I went to a, um, an Anglican church and I just thought, Pentecostal church, um, born again church, you know, they're happy, clappy people. That's what we used to call them when I was younger. Um, so even when I started the church, I kind of like was just observing. I didn't really want to be clapping because I was thinking, what's all this? Clapping, clapping. So the second time I went to the church, um, Michelle, she came up to me and she was asking me if I wanted to no, the first time she asked me, and I thought it was a bit quick. Um, I said, no, I'm just going to see how it is. Second time she came up to me, and um, 
I said, okay, yeah, in my heart, I was thinking, whatever, let's just get this over and done with. Um, but I went up there, <laughs> and I felt something else. I felt such a freedom. There was, I didn't realize that I had burdens, but I literally felt, it's not, I physically felt a burden being lifted off my shoulders, and I, I became so emotional, and I was thinking, oh my goodness, what's going on here? This is somebody who went up there, didn't even want to go up there, and now I'm feeling this burden being lifted up. In other words, I felt freedom, freedom from my sins. I literally physically felt it, you know, and I was amazed. I literally was amazed, and that was the start of my journey. You know, not everyone feels, goes through things when they get saved. Some people, when they get baptized, that they might experience something. But I literally felt that freedom when I... Um, got saved. Okay, another benefit is that his sacrifice was pleasing to God. When we do what God wants us to do, he has spoken to us and we're paying the price. He is pleased with us. He is pleased with us. Ephesians 5 verse 2 says, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to us. Similarly, when we give to the Lord, we do what he wants us to do. We obey him. Our hearts are open. He is pleased with us, absolutely pleased. And we don't have to be perfect, you know. We do not have to be perfect beings. David wasn't a perfect being, but what did the Lord say? A man after my own heart. We do not have to be perfect. And I think sometimes that's what we have this in our head. Oh, I've sinned today, I've sinned today. What did David not do? But the Lord said that about him. What does that say? It's having pleasing hearts for God. You know, being able to um, obey him. We've done wrong. We come before him. Lord, this is what I've done. Not hiding. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Lord. Or justifying. Lord doesn't like justification. I say that to my children all the time. Justification will not get you anywhere. Just say, yes, I have done. End. You know, sometimes <laughs> one of my children, they say, oh, yeah, I just um, didn't want to say the truth because why? Yeah, because, what does it say again? Be be because um, it's how they say it's, um, it's embarrassing or I just didn't want to get myself into trouble. You don't want to get yourself into trouble, then don't do the thing in the first place. So it's just coming before the Lord, <laughs> just coming before the Lord and just saying, Lord, I have sinned. I have done, you know, he doesn't want justification. You could be somebody who maybe, well, no one is perfect. You've done how many things wrong, but every time you do, you go to the Lord and you're just like, Lord, this is what I've done. And you have such a remorseful heart. You're like, Lord, forgive me for I have done this again. The Lord knows we all have struggles. There's no person here that can say, I don't have a struggle. There's something that we're all struggling with. There's something that we fight, you know, that we're battling with. We want the Lord to help us with, you know? So it's just coming before him and just telling him, Lord, this is what I've done. You know, even if he's told you to do something and you haven't done it, it's just speaking to him, Lord, help me. How do I go about doing this? Because I seem to be not doing 
the things as you want me to do it. It's just speaking to him, having those conversations with him. He will be pleased with you because you are going to him. Your heart is open to receive from him. That is all the Lord wants from us. Open hearts. Hearts ready to please him, to serve him. Thank you, Lord. Another benefit is that the sacrifice shows that Jesus is our friend. Have you ever been in a situation whereby somebody does something to you, something really meaningful? How do you feel towards them afterwards? You really see that, oh my goodness, they're a true friend. And your heart warms towards them. That's exactly how God is to us. When we are in obedience with what he's saying, he's told us to do. And we're like, yes, I will go that mile for you. You know, I will go that mile for you. And, and you're not being forced to do it. I always remember actually when Prof, um, Prof Tenor came um, I think he said this before, but I think he repeated it the last time he came. And he said that when he started in his church, he started as an usher. And he used to go to church, <laughs> I'm sure it was five, five o'clock in the morning to start setting up the chairs. Now, some people would think, five o'clock in the morning, who's waking up to get, what time is he waking up to get there? But you know what? God deals with all of us differently. We're all in different places. We're all in different journeys. You know, that's why the Bible talks about how they're different members of our body, different organs. They all work differently for the function of the body. And it's the same with um, God's people. We all have different functions. We all have different gifts. They all work together to work as one for the kingdom of God. So him going there at five, that's how God has spoken to him. That doesn't mean that you go there at five. You must do that as well. But that's how God has spoken to him. But God will speak to you differently to do something else, to do something else that people might think, oh my goodness, who does that? But that's not your gift. That's not your gift. But that was his way God spoke, spoke to him. That's how he wants to please God. We all please God in different ways. Also, another sacrifice is that, sorry, um, benefit is that Jesus' sacrifice, it gives us the power to follow in his example. The mere fact that Jesus came down as man, yet he was without sin, to show us the way. His example is an example for us to follow. It's not something that we cannot follow. That's why he came down as man, so that we can follow his example. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He came down as man to show us how we should live. And therefore, we can follow in his example. We can make um, 
as God speaks to us, we can then do as he wants us to do. And he will, he will give us the strength, he will give us the grace to do the same thing, to pay the price. Jesus' sacrifice also sets us apart for his good works. Titus chapter 2 verse 14 says, Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. His sacrifices set us apart for good works. We come and we have been created, we have been cleansed, we have been created for good works to do what he's speaking to us in his kingdom. And his sacrifice also makes us righteous. We have been cleansed. We have been, we have been forgiven. We have been cleansed. And now we have become his righteous people. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are now righteous before the Lord because of Christ's sacrifice. And finally, with the benefits, his sacrifice gives us the victory. We have received his victory. We are now victorious. Regardless of what we go through, we just need to know that we have received the victory. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 12 to 14 says, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from time, sorry, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool to his feet for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected all time those who are being sanctif sanctified. We have received the victory. In all things we go through, just have that mindset that we have received the victory. Christ's sacrifice is our gain. His sacrifice is our gain. It has blessed us. And the sacrifices that we make as we pay the price, I pray that they will be a blessing and a gain to other people, to his kingdom. There are times that we... God speaks to us to, you know, bake or cook for people. I remember um, this is the time I used to bake a lot. The Lord spoke to me about baking for my neighbor. Unfortunately, I didn't do it because I talked myself out of it. Oh, what are they going to think? You're going to give them cake. What are they going to think, you know? And I look back and I think, Lynette, you silly thing. Why didn't you do that? That was the Lord speaking to me. I didn't know why he was telling me to go and bake and give to somebody. And I didn't. But sometimes he speaks to you about baking or cooking, blessing somebody in that way. You may not, you may think, oh, finances are a bit tight. But the Lord will not tell you to do that, even though finances are tight, if he didn't, he, if he wasn't going to make um, the provisions for you. So it's just allowing ourselves to hear as he speaks to us. And 
pay the price. Or he might be telling us to go and visit somebody, you know. Oh, but I haven't got enough petrol in the car or finances to pay for travel. He will make the provisions because he's the one that has um, spoken to us. Or even you're doing a course and you're just feeling, oh, goodness, this course is just really boring, you know. You're doing the course and you're feeling bored and how am I going to get through this? But he will make a way, or their time restraints, he will make a way to get through that course. He will make a way. And this journey that we're in with Christ, it's about speaking, communication, communion with him, having conversations. Lord, this is what's happening. This is what I'm going through. And he sees and he will make ways for us. You know, young people, you're studying, you're going through GCSEs, you're going through A-levels, you know. Don't think, oh, goodness, Lord, this is just long. Stick to it. Do what you need to do. Have conversations with the Lord. He will make a way for you. He will give you interest in what you are doing. You find it boring. He will give you interest as you speak to him. He will make sure that your revision goes smoothly. But you need to play your part as well. You need to play your pl- um, part as as well. And then there are times that the Lord puts you, he wants you to do a particular course. And you don't know why you're doing this course. But there is a job waiting for you at the end of this course. You don't know that. And you have been earmarked because with that job, he will open doors for you so that you can impact people in that role that you're in. We don't know. That's why the Bible says the Lord knows the end from the beginning. We don't know the end from the beginning because we're not God. He sees what we are going through. He knows. So as he speaks to us, let us be in obedience to pay that price that he wants us to pay. You know, when we need strength, when we need whatever provisions we need, he will make it. Even Jesus needed provision. He needed to be strengthened. Because as I read earlier in Luke 22, verse 42, God, he spoke to the Lord about, let me just read it. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will. He asked for the cup to be taken because it was too much. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And 43, verse 43 says, then an angel appeared to him from heaven strengthening him he needed to be strengthened because at that point he was wavering can I go through this whatever you're going through you might feel that you're wavering Lord can I go through this can I pay that price can I do it yes you can as long as you continue to speak to him and you know what you're doing is of God it is well because God is involved in what you are doing Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Okay. My time's up. Okay. I'm going to um, pray. And I want us to pray for those of us who definitely know what the Lord is speaking, has been speaking to you about. But you've been thinking, oh, Lord, you know, how do you want me to do it? Do you want me to go ahead with this? How, how is it going to go? What provisions am I going to have? I want us to pray that we will 
hear from the Lord with such clarity as to what he wants us to do. And pray as well that we will align our ways with his ways. As we hear him, we will know this is him that's speaking to us. It's not us that's coming up with these things. Pray for willing hearts to do what the Lord wants us to do as well. That regardless of what it is, we will not feel overburdened because of our circumstances. We will not feel overwhelmed in any way or form, but our hearts will be willing and we will be obedient to the things that he's speaking to us about. It could be such a little thing, you know, such a little thing. Like I said, me um, baking for my, my neighbor, such a little thing. But we start, oh, you know, talking ourselves out. But let's pray for willing hearts. Pray that we will hear what he's speaking to us about. Father, Lord, we just want to thank you, oh God, for this word today. Lord, we pray, oh God, that as you unfold your plans to us, unfold things that you want us to do. Lord, we pray this morning that we will hear from you with such clarity. We will know what to do, how to do, when to do, Father God. We pray that our hearts will trust you and not lean on our own understanding to go our own ways. We pray, Father God, that our hearts will be willing. Our hearts will leap with joy to please you, O oh God. Father God, we thank you that your son Jesus has gone ahead and made the way, showing us, Father God, how oh God, to be a blessing to others. How, Father God, we can make a difference. How, oh Lord, we can go forward in your kingdom. Father God, we thank you. Help us to be a blessing to others, Father God, and to receive from you and to have open hearts. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.